Well, good, good morning, morning church. church. It's another it's lovely, lovely Sunday. Sunday. Happy Father's, Father's Day to all the fathers out there. there. Let me uh, uh, let me start, start with, with reading a scripture. A scripture. Many, Many are the woes of the wicked, wicked but the, the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. him. Psalm 32, 10. All God's people said, Amen. Will you stand with me? We're going to raise a praise.
Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Come on, everybody sing. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior.
So uh, say hi to the person next to you. I'd like to ask the ushers to come forward at this time. Like the ushers to come forward, we're going to collect the offering. Father, we are so grateful to be in your house another Sunday morning. We're just so grateful to call you Father. All the things that you provide for us, Father, we we are so, so thankful. These offerings today, Lord, I ask that you would bless them, that you would multiply them and use them to glorify your name and build your kingdom. And all God's people said it.
So take a moment and say hi to the person on the other side of you. Okay, good morning everyone. <clears throat> As she sets up slides 32, that's where I'm starting at because I'm continuing in a series in comparisons between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I guess you'll have it up in a moment. I just wanted to reflect on the first screen. It's called Altogether Lovely. Can you say that? Altogether Lovely. Say it again, altogether lovely. Now, this is not in your notes as she sets up, but this morning, I want to ask you a vital question. Have you had an experience with the one whom I will call altogether lovely? Can I get an amen? Have you had a personal experience with this person whom I'm about to discuss who calls himself the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end the fairest among 10,000 the lily of the valley the bright of the morning star I'm going to ask you again. I don't see the screen up. Number 32. We're working on it. I can ask that question again. Many of you have had a difficult week. I've talked to some of you. And in the midst of that week, we are to cast all, not just some, Say all. All our cares upon him. And why? Because he cares for us. Can I get a witness? I'm going to ask you, did you really do that? Or did you try to carry this load sometime of really traumatic experience and heavy things and I'm talking from experience. I'm not pointing out anyone. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, have I truly cast my cares upon him? Has he eased my load? I'm going to go back again and say it again. He calls himself the bright and the morning star. He says, he that believes in me has passed from death 
unto life. Well, I don't see the screen up yet. Are we working on it? Okay. I'm just going to I'm just going to keep going then. Uh, this is. Um, I hate to do this without the screens, so here goes. Number thirty-three on when the screen does come up. Who is the true God? On the one side, I have Jeremiah ten ten, and this is referring to Jehovah. But the Lord, say Lord. I'm going to compromise this morning until they get the screen up. That word Lord is spelled. Okay. That sounds good. You know why that sounds good? Because I'm going to rely on the Holy Spirit. I got my notes done. But do I have it written on my heart? That's where we need it. Written on our heart. And why? That I might not sin against you. Can I get a witness? So I'm going to go really slow and trying to present something that I hope, as Brother Bruce said, and as Bruce Crotzer said, is not going to happen. But the Lord is the true God. Say true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. But the Lord is the true God. There's only one real, true God. And I'm going to ask you again, do you know him? I don't mean up here. What do I mean by this? In your what? In your heart. Do you know him? That's from the Old Testament. It's Jeremiah 10.10. But guess what? Say, guess what? I almost have the identical statements in 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, where it says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding in order that we might know him who is true. We are in him who is true in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God. So wait a minute, Brother Bruce. On the one hand, you're calling the Father the true God. And on the other hand, in 1 John 5.20, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, and this is the true God and eternal life. Say eternal life. I'm, kind of, I'm going to try to go real slow. I'm kind of trying to calm myself down. But you know what? It's okay to get excited about the Son of God. It's okay. Matter of fact, it should be the right thing to do if he saved you. This is the true God, Jesus Christ. But there's a little controversy about that. There has been much difference of opinion in regard to this important passage. What are you talking about? 
Are we talking about God the Father? Are we talking about the Son? There has been much difference of opinion in regard to this important passage, whether it refers to the Lord Jesus Christ, this is 1 John 5.20, the immediate antecedent, what's that mean? Immediately before they were talking about Jesus. That's what that means. The question is of great importance on the doctrine of the divinity of the Savior. What's that mean? Is Jesus the true God? Or... It's God the Father, the true God, or, or both the true God. I like that answer. For if it refers to him, it, it furnishes an unequivocal... Here I go, brothers and sisters. It furnishes an unequivocal... What's that mean? It means without a doubt declaration that he is divine. The question is whether John meant that it should be referred to him. Without going into an extended examination of this passage, the following considerations should seem to you and me make it morally certain that by the phrase, this is the true God, he did, say did, Refer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Number 35, if it ever comes up. It is said in this place of the same person that he's the true God and eternal life. Now, eternal life is three times in this very passage attributed to Jesus Christ as the author and dispenser of it. As Christ, therefore, is meant by eternal life. Say Christ and eternal life. Say that. Three times in this passage in 1 John chapter 5, Christ and eternal life are equivalent terms. Let me ask you a question before I go on. Do you know for sure that you have eternal life? Can I get an amen? If you have eternal life, you have Jesus Christ. You can't have one without the other. And be sure of this. Don't you let any false prophet tell you that when you leave this world, it's all over. Because it's just beginning. You and I are going to live eternally somewhere. As Christ, therefore, is meant by eternal life, of him also it must be meant that he is the true God. I was at the soup kitchen the other night. The soup kitchen is located on Walnut and Charlotte Street. Some of you were there. And I had up a, a translation called the New World Translation, and some of you, I hope you won't get offended. You shouldn't be. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was a God. You mean to tell me that Jesus Christ is a God? 
Jesus Christ is not a God. He is the true God. And anyone who denies the divinity, the deity of Jesus Christ, you are in error. I don't care what translation it is. And grammatically speaking, John 1.1 1, 1 reads, and the word was not a God. The word was God. Number 36. And here are those three passages. And the witness is this, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Let me repeat that first one. It's 1 John 5, 11. And the witness is this. Let me stop again. Say witness. I'm going to ask you a candid question again. Do you have the witness of the Holy Spirit who confirms the deity and the eternal life within your soul? Do you have it? Each one of us need to ask that question. Here's 1 John 5, 13. These things I have written to you who believe on the name of the Son of God. Well, Brother Bruce, I got to get baptized. Brother Bruce, I got to go home and clean up my life. Brother Bruce, I got to do this and that. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. And I'm not saying you shouldn't get baptized, but you better get baptized after you're saved. Let me complete that statement before I go on. For God so loved the world. Make it personal. For God so loved you that he gave his only unique begotten I don't care what word you use in there, but it's monogenes. It means one of a kind. Jesus Christ is one of a kind. And there's no one else like him. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. Each born-again Christian should absolutely know that you have eternal life. And say, guess what? It was given to you. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. He gave it to you. Before I go into Romans chapter 5, I hope I don't quote this wrong. For while we were yet sinners, while we were yet ungodly, Christ died for you and me. He didn't wait for you to get your life cleaned up because you can't clean it up enough. You can't be good enough. You can't give enough money. You can't repent so many times. But you can trust Jesus Christ and he'll save you. And if you do repent, he'll save you. I'm going to read that again because I want, to, I want it to hit you like a ton of bricks. These things I have written to you. Why do he say that? John was writing against a, a, against a group of Gnostics who thought you could gain eternal life through a lot of head knowledge. 
But John said this, things, things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. First John 5.20, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding in order that we might know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. Each born-again Christian is in union with Jesus Christ. Thirty-seven. Praise God! They got up. Come, you give them a hand. Come on, give them a hand. Moving on, Galatians 4.8 points out that there is only one eternal God by nature. How be it then, when you knew not God, did service unto them which by nature are no gods? What do you keep talking about that, Brother Bruce? Because there's only one real God. I'm going to ask you Christians... Who's your God? Is it alcohol? I'm talking to Christians. Is it money? Is it the television? Is it sports? I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, I'm not denying, but who is your real God? Can I get a witness? How be it then, when you knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods, all created beings designated as God or gods are in actuality no gods and false gods. And we are forbidden to worship them. I'm going to ask you again. I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe I'm talking to myself. Money, cars, you name it. If you put it before the Lord, you're, worship, you're worshiping a false god. And you're going to get tired of me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyhow. Christianity is a serious thing. And every born-again Christian is going to face the Lord on the judgment seat of Christ. What does that determine, Brother Bruce? Does it determine whether I'm saved or lost? I'm already saved by the blood. And a friend of mine pointed out, a friend and I were here yesterday putting away different things, and he pointed to that sign over there. You don't have to look over there. And he said, he said it with tears. It is finished. Jesus paid it all. And the witness, 38, of Isaiah 43.10. You are my witnesses, says the Lord. Say witnesses. I'm going to put you to the test. Are you and I a true witness for Jesus Christ? Do you talk about him sometime to other people? Do you hold hands sometime with other people and get in a circle and say, thank you, Jesus? Do you hand out a track just once in a while? 
Do you ever talk about him in your life? You are my witnesses, says the Lord. And notice the word Lord is in capital letters. And my servant whom I have chosen. That you may know and believe me. And understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed. Did you get that? It's in red letters. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. You know why? Say why. Here's why. Because from eternity to eternity, he's the only true God. He's eternal. There is no other eternal being but God. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Let's move on, answering the question, is God the Father eternal, as I just mentioned? But now is manifested. You can see on that side, the Father. And by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, say eternal God. I don't know why I'm drifting off the track a little bit. But I'm going to, this is so important. Are you going to be with the only true and living God if you leave this world today? Or are you going to be banished from his presence forever? It is so important for you and I to know Jesus Christ and God the Father Absolutely important. Can I get a witness? Has been made known to all the nations leading to the obedience of faith to the only wise God through Jesus Christ be the glory forever. And then on the other side, and I like this, and I hope you like the other, Hebrews 1.3. He reflects the glory of God and bears the very stamp of his nature Whose very stamp is whose nature? He bears the very stamp of God the Father's nature. Upholding the universe by his word. Say upholding. I'm going to say this again, and I know you've heard me say it again. He's got the whole, not just the world, he's got the whole universe in his hands. And this is the person who died for your sins. How do you know that, Brother Bruce? When he had made purification for sins, and I could put you and my sins, he sat down. Say sat down. Right now you're sitting, but Jesus sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. And in the Bible, sitting on the right hand means it's complete. He did his job. Let me add this. The Son of Man came to seek and to serve that which was lost. Let's be more pointed. He came to seek and to save you and me.
Is the Holy Spirit eternal? You just read God the Father is eternal. You just read God the Son is eternal. And now is the Holy Spirit eternal? For if the blood, say blood, of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled, sanctify, say sanctify. I'm going to get off the track for a minute because the next thing is going to tell it anyhow. The word sanctification means to be set apart. Every born-again Christian has been set apart for God. Can I get a witness? How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, you see it's in red letters? Eternal. Say eternal spirit. I, I don't know how to say this. Every born-again Christian has the eternal Holy Spirit living in their soul and confirms the Word of God, confirms who Jesus is, confirms that it is finished, confirms that we've been set apart. Would that make you special? Yes, it does. But not special in your own eyes, special to him. How much more would the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Say dead works. I have no idea who I'm talking to, so don't think I'm picking on you. If you're still living like you haven't been saved, you're a living Christian in dead works. I have no idea who I'm talking to. But if you're still living Christian, just like you were not redeemed, you're serving dead works. They're all dead. And speaking of the blood, number 41 Jesus pleads the cause of believer by his blood. Now, for you who don't know it, you can look it up yourself. Acts 20, 28 says, it's not on the sheet. The blood that ran in the veins of the Son of God was the blood of God. That's what it says. I'm going to say it again. The blood that ran in the veins, you can look it up yourself. Acts 20, 20, was the blood of God. Jesus, Jesus pleased the cause of believing by his blood, unlike other advocates. It is not enough for him to lay out only words, which is a cheaper way of pleading, but he pleads for us by the voice of his own blood, as in Hebrews 12, 24, where we are said to be come to the blood of sprinkling, that speaks better things than, than that of Abel. Let me sum it up. I'm going to say it again. The only blood that can save you and me and has saved you and me if you're saved, if you believed in Christ, is the blood that ran in the veins of Jesus Christ.
God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I got a list here and I want you to follow along. I had to take this out. Say every man. I want to keep you focused. I don't want you to get off focus. Every one of us who were saved got saved in the same way. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. You've heard me say it again, and forgive me if I'm overdoing it. Thank you, sister in Christ. You can't brag about your salvation. And the next verse I'm going to, the next stanza I'm going to read, it tells you why. You cannot brag about your salvation. He purposed, that is God purposed. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. I don't think you got that, so I'll read it over and then I'll make a short comment. Just as he chose us, that is God chose us, before chose us in him before the foundation of the world. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? That's in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Before time began, you were chosen. Don't ask me to explain why. You were chosen by God to get saved. Can I get a witness? You didn't do it. You had nothing to do with it. Do with it. God looked down from eternity and he said, I don't know how to explain it other than just humanly explain it. I want him, I want her, I want she, I want, praise God. And yet, on the other hand, the Bible says, you're responsible for your own salvation. Don't ask me to reconcile those two things, but I know this, you were chosen. So let him, so, so let him, say that, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to, up to all the fullness of God and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up with the fullness of God. Can I get a witness? God's love, Christ's love for you is so gigantic, if I could put it, that you can't even comprehend it. It's beyond a finite being. That's you and me. It's beyond us to know how much God loves us. But I'll tell you, a demonstration of his love is found in 3.16, and I'm not going to repeat it again. For God so loved And here you are, and here I am talking about, oh, I'll wait till tomorrow to get saved. You might not see tomorrow. You're taking a really serious chance. Say grudgingly. Grudgingly means to hold back. God the Father did not grudgingly give his son. He cheerfully gave his son. 
He gave his very best. And he gave it cheerfully. Where'd you get that from, Brother Bruce? God is love. And God loves a cheerful giver. If God loves a cheerful giver, he gave his only son, and he wants you to become more and more like him. Do you love to give? There's some people in here who just overflow. They just can't stop giving enough. And I'm not going to try to point at anybody out because I probably will miss someone. Forty-three. Thank you. Say preserving. I'm going to the right side first. Colossians one seventeen. I'm glad I'm going slow. The Holy Spirit really slowed me down today. Can I get an amen? And you know this: the Holy Spirit can slow you down. How does He slow you down? He slows you down from sinning. He, he slows you or speeds you up for praising the Lord. He can do anything he, he wants to to get your attention. And he is before all things. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go slow. He is, that is Jesus Christ is before all things. Now let me stop right there. If he's before all things, doesn't that mean he's before time? Can I get an Amen. Didn't I just say Jesus Christ is the Alpha and Omega? He's before all things, and anything before time is eternal. So doesn't that make the Son of God eternal? Say yes. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. Say consist. You can see right there, they preserve or hold together. I'm going to say it again for you who maybe came in late. I don't know. He's got the whole world. And maybe I should add an S. He's got the whole worlds in his hand. Brother Bruce, you keep talking about the son. Here's the father. Father, even you are Lord alone. You have made the heaven. Oh, wait a minute. Brother Bruce, you just said the Son made all things in, in, in the context of this. Now you're saying the Yahweh it made all things. Well, who are you talking about? Jesus put it this way. I and my Father are one. I don't want you to get mixed up. Jesus Christ is not God the Father but he shares the very nature of his father. Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven, the heaven and heavens with all their hosts. What's the host? Say host. That means angels. Everything up in there. The earth and all the things therein, therein. The seas and all that is therein. And you preserve. Say preserve. There's that same word, preserve. That's the same word as consists. God the Father holds all things. The Son holds all things. What a dignity for Jesus Christ. And I don't have this in my notes. 
if he held everything in his hand, he held the nails on that cross. He held them there. And he wouldn't let them go until he had paid every jot and every tittle of your sin and mine. And you're going to get tired of me saying it, but I don't think I'll ever get tired. He said, it is finished. Number 44. Here's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him or in him are all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and say for him. You've heard me say it again. You and I were created for Jesus Christ. That's what it says. But let me give you a little commentary on that. Number 45, all things were created by or rather in him, in him as the originating source. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? In the, if I can put it this way, before there was a heaven and an earth, before time, it was already in Jesus to create. That's what it means. He's the originating center. And through him, as the acting power, he acted out the creation. He was in the creation with his father. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. And unto him, say ultimate end. Your ultimate end, Christian, is to be with Jesus. That's your ultimate end. Number 46. And I'm going to stop at the wrong time. Did you hear that? I'm going to stop at the wrong time. I didn't mean that. I'm going to stop at the right time. But what about the Holy Spirit? Is he active in creation? I'm going to say another thing. We got so many cults telling you that the Holy Spirit is a force and it. Like the wind or something. The Holy Spirit is a person. You do send forth your spirit. They are created. And you renew the face of the ground. That's only one. I could give you more, but I'm going to stop right there. So get this. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all active in creation. Can I get an amen? amen? And I'm going to add this because it's not in your notes. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all active in your salvation. Let's go on to visit the ultimate source of life, number 47. Father, your Son will set no more, neither your moon wane, for you will have the Lord or Yahweh for an everlasting light, and the days of your morning will be finished. I wonder when that's going to happen. In the new heaven and the new earth, and I'm not going to try to enlarge on that. A psalm of David, the Lord Yahweh is my light and my salvation. Say, say my, salvation. my salvation. 
Do you know that, that those two words, my salvation, you could look this up if you want to. You, you're welcome to look them up. Those two words, my salvation, normally is my Yeshua, the same word that is used for Jesus being Yeshua. So the Lord, Yahweh, is my light and my Yeshua. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? Say my. My Jesus. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? 48. That was talking about light. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. And therefore Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I hope I don't insult you, and I'm not trying to. But if you're not saved, or if you're a Christian, and you're walking in, if you're not being true to your calling, you're walking in darkness. Can I get a witness? Rather rather than me butter up the word and make you feel good and you remain in your sins, Christian, I'm just laying it on the line. And that goes for Brother Bruce too. Here comes the judge. Let the nations, number 49, let the nations be aroused and come to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. He's talking about the Father. Before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with equity. I, I know I said equity, but sometimes righteousness is said to be equity. And here it is. And the people with equity. And the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Where did all those come from? The Old Testament? How about this? Here comes another judge. For not even I, for not even the father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the son. Now catch this next stanza. In order that all, say all, may honor the son. And look, catch those next words, underline, even as they honor the father. For he who does not honor the Son. Oh, Brother Bruce, yeah, I know you're trying to convince me. No, I'm not trying to convince you. You know, the only person that can convince you that Jesus Christ is more than a prophet, is more than a teacher, is more than a good moral follower, is the Holy Spirit. A preacher can't, he can't, he can't convince you of anything. Only, a, only the Holy Spirit can, can, can sensitize you to what is being said and confirm it. For not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son in order that all may honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Well, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus. Well, then you don't believe the Bible. And you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God. And you might as well just flip it up, and I'm, not, I'm going to be a little disrupted. 
let me slow down, discordant. You might as well shut the Bible up and put it and just throw it away. And Jesus said, "For judgment I came into the world that those who do not see me may, those who do not see may see." Do you see him? And that those who see may become blind. When you and I hear the truth over and over and over again, just like Pharaoh, there's a judgment coming. 51. More light from the Father and the Son. Notice I have the word and in capital letters. And the city. What's the city? The New Jerusalem. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. It appears to me, I shouldn't say appears to me, the Bible declares that the Father and the Son are going to be the light of the new Jerusalem. Back to we must all, which I've already said it. For we, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now catch the next part. That each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body. I'm going to say it over. It, this might seem trite to you. And I'm going to say it over again. Don't you know that God wants to reward you for faithful stewardship? He wants to give you a reward. It's not that you're doing these things in vain and serving him. Oh, what's the use? The use is he wants to say to you, well done. And not only well done, to give you a reward, a crown. Fifty-three, who was the real true king of all the earth. But the Lord, Yahweh, is the true God. There's that true God again. He is the living God and the everlasting king. And his wrath, the earth quake, say wrath. Oh, Brother Bruce, when I leave this world, I'm dead. It's over. I know I said this just a while ago. Are you sure? Because the Bible declares if you're not with him, God's wrath is on you. I'm not even going to go into that. I think you know what wrath means. And the nations cannot endure his indignation. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a skillful psalm. When you were out in the world, and I was out in the world, we could remember verse by verse by, and song by song the very words. Can I get a witness? Why can't we do the same for Jesus? What's wrong with us? King's son, 
These will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them because he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and those who are with him are called and chosen and faithful. That's the Lord Jesus. You just called the Father King, and here you call Jesus the King of kings. John 12, 15, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. 55. I'm going to stop soon. Giver of life. Say giver of life. For, for with thee is the fountain of life. In thy sight we see light. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to Sheol. Where's Sheol? The living dead. And raises up. Sometimes the word Sheol is translated hell. 56. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to them for whom he wishes. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes, say it again, believes. I'm going to say it again, and I don't know why I'm saying this. Brother Bruce, don't I have to go home and clean up my life and stop watching those dirty movies? Or don't, don't, don't I have to stop using profanity and, 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 and having all kinds of fights and stuff with who's ever, I'm just making this up. I don't know why I'm, why I'm saying it. Well, don't I, have to, don't I have to stop being an alcoholic? Why don't you come to Jesus and he'll help clean your life up? Amen. You know why? Because you can't do it on your own anyhow. Amen. I don't care how much willpower you have. There's only a few who I've ever known. I don't think I've known many. I am the resurrection. And the light. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. I can't, oh good, I can see the time. This is my last one, I hope. Redeemer, say Redeemer. I'm going to say it again to make it personal. Do you know the word redeem means to bring back from slavery or, or, or bring back with a purchase? Go ahead, Pastor. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is loving kindness and with him is abundant redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. That's Father. Here's the Son, in him, not through him, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Fifty-nine. This has got to be my last one. But his bow or bow remained firm and his arms were agile 
from the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. For there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Oh, give ear, shepherd of Israel, you who does lead Joseph like a flock. You are enthroned above the cherubim. Shine forth. Here's that son. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus Christ, our Lord. John 10, 11, I am, say I am, the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And last of all, I'm going to shut the book because I have, I determined it be on time. And I have, and I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also. Who's that other sheep? He was talking to Israel, but he said, I got other sheep. That's you and me, the Gentiles. And I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also in. Notice Jesus said, I must. And they shall hear my voice. Say, hear my voice. I'm going to stop with a personal note. And it also applies to you. Jesus said, do you hear my voice? Have you heard? And if I seem dramatic, I mean it. Have you heard the voice of the Son of God saying, Come to me, all you who are heaven laden and worn down, and I, say I, will give you rest. If you don't know Jesus, why don't you believe him? Believe what? Believe that he died for you. Believe that all your sins were placed upon him and that he finished something you could never accomplish, your own salvation. 